This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Betty Chen. Taiwan's health ministry is warning that despite record daily cases, the country is still weeks away from its peak. It's Taiwan's biggest COVID-19 outbreak since the pandemic started, but authorities are pushing to contain infections while easing restrictions. The focus has turned to contact tracing, but as Eric Gao reports, there are concerns that many people are not following protocol. Taiwan's new online contact tracing scheme is off to a rocky start. Starting on Sunday, confirmed COVID-19 patients get a text message from the government. They're supposed to fill out their personal information and recent close contacts, but half of them aren't doing it. Authorities say the system is still new and things will improve. Despite the large number of cases, the government is trying to relax restrictions to minimize disruptions to daily life and businesses. But... They warn that the onslaught of new infections will continue and will most likely peak only in the second half of May. Rick Yi and Eric Gao for Taiwan Plus. Starting on Monday, young children between the ages of 6 and 11 will be eligible for vaccines. Eric Gao spoke with Dr. He Meixiang, an adjunct research fellow at Academia Sinica. He began by asking her how vaccinating children figures into Taiwan's COVID-19 strategy. Well, the importance of it is to have it so people feel safe, feel they have whatever is necessary. So most importantly is to appease people's mind. In fact, that we know in U.S. the vaccination rate among 5 to 11 years old is rather low. So, you know, since that people's acceptance for of this vaccine for this young age group is not very high. And I believe that's going to happen in this country. But nevertheless, there are still a portion of the population who looking forward to have vaccines. So just to make it available, it's important. So Taiwan seems to be moving towards a living with COVID strategy. Uh, what would that look like? Well, living with COVID strategy, when we reach at some point, we should be free like current Western country. But before we get there, there's a process of getting there. As we know that the vaccination effectiveness in the real world is not very high for Omicron because the, the vaccine is based on the original virus. But fortunately, Omicron is a very mild virus. So in the process, we, we use um, being infected it's just, you know, to acquire our, what you call as herd immunity. So as we build up the uh, community immunity, then we would get there. But during the process, because the rapid transmission of Omicron, it's likely that we will see many cases occurring uh, on a daily basis for weeks at a time. That's going to be ahead of us. So we just have to kind of go through it and... Um, um, try to, you know, maximize our resources and try to allocate our resources for those who really need it. Given the current outbreak going on here in Taiwan, as well as the overall global pandemic situation, uh, when do you think that Taiwan will once again open its doors to international travelers? I think it will be several months to come because 
we are a bit conservative about letting the 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 virus spread. So currently, we still quarantine the contacts of the confirmed cases. So even though we see cases rising, but the slope of rising is not as steep as what it had been experienced by other countries. So I believe that it's going to be several weeks before we reach the peak. Then after, when we reach the peak, we will find that the case number on a daily basis will be very high. It will still come down slowly, so it will be several months to come. So I think we probably would go into the summer, to mid-summer, before we totally feel free about that. But in terms of reaching the day that there will be no case occurring, um, I don't think that day will come. Taiwan's commuters faced a headache for the long Labor Day weekend as railway workers protested on the streets of Taipei. Their labor union is fighting against a government plan to corporatize the Taiwan Railways Administration. Taiwan Plus reporter Bing Wang went to the demonstration to find out why. Railway workers chanting in the streets of Taiwan's capital, Taipei. Angry about the government's plan to corporatize the Taiwan Railways Administration, or the TRA. Over 90% of TRA workers took the day off, causing mass train suspensions across the country. The city's police followed the rally and attempted to shut down the protest. The TRA employs over 15,000 people and moves some 200,000 passengers a day. After two deadly train accidents in 2018 and 2021, the government hopes corporatizing the TRA will further prevent calamities. The railway workers agree systemic changes must be made, but their union says they were not consulted about the plan and worry the benefits could be cut. The transportation minister who oversees the TRA hopes to reach a compromise with the union. But the government's assurances haven't done much to appease the workers. Hundreds of thousands of commuters were inconvenienced by the railway strikes over the long Labor Day weekend, many of them having to come to bus terminals like these to find alternative transportation. Government officials hope to keep things running smoothly as they meet again with protesting railway workers. But if the meetings spread no fruit, the Railway Workers Union has said they will continue going on strike during other public holidays, causing more disruptions in train services. Klein Wong and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus. The war in Ukraine means Taiwan will have to wait longer to take delivery of artillery bought from the U.S. Washington last year agreed to sell Taiwan 40 Paladin self-propelled howitzers for an estimated 750 million U.S. dollars. It was the first arms deal for Taiwan agreed under President Biden. The first batch of Paladins was supposed to be delivered next year. But this has been delayed to 2026 because U.S. support for Ukraine has caused a production bottleneck. The Ministry of National Defense says it's asking Washington for alternative proposals to meet Taiwan's defense needs. Taiwan is hoping to welcome players from Ukraine's men's basketball team in the coming weeks for training matches against its own national side. Ukraine's team manager Andriy Lebedev spoke over the weekend after completing quarantine. He and two members of his team support staff are in a country at the invitation of the Kaohsiung Steelers team from southern Taiwan. 
Lebedev says he hopes to bring 14 national team players to the country in the next month for some warm-up games with Taiwan's men's team. Both teams have crucial World Cup qualifying matches coming up in July. Taipei played host to the Asia Pride Games this weekend, the largest LGBTQ sports event in the region this year. Reporter Rick Glowert was there. This is Mahjong, a traditional Chinese board game. It is just one of the 12 competitions being played at the inaugural Asia Pride Games, a regional LGBTQ sports event hosted by Taiwan this year. Over the weekend, more than 2,500 Taiwanese and international athletes competed in sports ranging from swimming to bowling, dodgeball to badminton. While LGBTQ people might feel judged because of their sexuality or gender identity in wider society, here at the Asia Pride Games, only their sporting prowess will be judged. The organizers hope the event will bring more visibility to the regional community, as well as diversify Taiwan's LGBTQ talent. Taiwan is one of the most LGBTQ-friendly places in the region. It was the first country in Asia to legalize same-sex marriage and regularly hosts one of the largest Pride events in the world. These games are the largest LGBTQ sporting event in Asia this year. The gay games, often dubbed the LGBTQ Olympics, were set to take place in Hong Kong, but have been postponed to 2023 because of the pandemic. Taiwan itself is in the middle of the biggest outbreak since the COVID-19 pandemic began. But as the country moves from a COVID-0 approach to living with the virus, the event has gone ahead largely unscathed. This year's theme is Stick Together. And after a difficult couple of years, particularly for minority communities like this one, to hold these games is a most welcome rainbow, despite a storm. Karma Xu, Piper Yu, Yu Jing Huang and Rick Lauert for Taiwan Plus. Traffic jams plagued the reopening of Taiwan's Southern Cross Island Highway on Sunday, which had been shut down for 13 years for reconstruction. The highway was brought to a virtual standstill with a five-kilometer-long traffic jam of commuters taking advantage of the long weekend. Many were eager to get to the mountaintop, which is more than 2,700 meters above sea level, for the spectacular views. The highway connects the southern city of Kaohsiung to Taidong County in the east coast and meanders through Taiwan's central mountain range. The highway shut in 2009 after around 140 kilometers of the road was severely damaged by a typhoon. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Betty Chen. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.